to the PhD to B podcast. I'm your host, Dallas, and I'm here with my co-host, Natalie. Hey, y'all. Hey. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just wanted to say I'm really excited because Natalie's husband got us a whole new podcast <gasps> set up. Yes. So we have a mixer. We've got some fancy microphones. So it's pretty legit. Yeah, it's pretty legit. And hopefully um, we have no weird... Um, recording issues, particularly with the sound quality on my end, because I know I was kind of cutting out, but hopefully we don't have that problem anymore. We're really excited. So. Yeah, we're, this is exciting, and we're just um, looking forward to seeing how this episode records on these new uh, mics and mixers and all those types of things. Yes. So today on the podcast, we are going to talk about um, the pros and cons of taking a gap year between degrees yes so I took a gap year between after my bachelor's and after my master's Natalie did not I did not um and so today's episode we're really going to focus in on like Dallas's experiences and her the reasons why she decided to take those gap years and then since I didn't I'm gonna obviously talk about like why I didn't and sort of my thoughts reflecting back but we're gonna actually look at these two articles one from Northeastern University and one from UC Davis that asked the question should I take a gap year before graduate school so that's what we're gonna talk about yeah, I'm really interested to see what these articles are going to yeah, say. Yeah, me too. I'm me wondering too. if my own ideas align or not. Yeah. Well, let's start with you, Dallas. What? So take us back to being an undergrad, you're about to graduate or thinking about graduate school. What's What's going through your mind? Yes. So I was really overwhelmed with the application process of, you know, of applying to grad schools. And um, I, we've, we've talked about it before. Like it's a pretty intense process and trying to figure out where to go to school and all the materials you need to gather is like really complicated. And I was busy. <laughs> like school was busy. I was still doing ballet. I was babysitting a lot. I was working with my mom at Allstate. I was doing all kinds of things. So I, um, just decided, I was like, you know what? I, can't focus on this right now like mm -hmm. I've got too much going on I really need to just focus on what I have going on right now I'll take time off I'll get a job I had a job but I'll get a job that can pay me you know for full time because um babysitting was a little sporadic I didn't want to continue doing ballet after I graduated I wanted to have a full-time paying job not even better paying I didn't mind if it was minimum wage as long as I could work more than you know 15 to 20 hours a week and then I could save my money and really put my um, focus towards my applications for their master's programs so I remember talking with my best friend from high school because we both wanted to go to grad school me for English and her for um, occupational therapy and we both ended up being so overwhelmed with the deadlines of applications because they're you typically do in the fall well I'm not graduating till spring and fall semester is like I find that I'm more like I'm busier in the fall semester usually I would take more classes in the fall than I would in the spring if I needed to just so that way I wasn't I'm more prepared in the fall to like tackle uh, schoolwork by the spring I'm like that wasn't a long enough break I'm not ready so I just knew like if I'm gonna front load it'll be in the fall and then I kind of kick it in the spring um so I remember she and I were talking and I was like I 
I missed all the dead like I missed all the deadlines like there was no way that I was going to be prepared to make these deadlines because they're usually due like some October some mm-hmm. November some December yeah but um November October November December are going to be like your main mm-hmm. um times that these things are due and trying to gather all the material um is really it's a lot and if you don't know what you're doing it seems I mean it's overwhelming even if you do know what you're doing but if you when you don't know what you're doing it can be really overwhelming and when you have a bunch of other classes and assignments and responsibilities due if you're not prepared because you were like oh I have time and then that deadline comes you're passing it up and you're you're moving on so I remember she and I were talking and we both decided like what if we just take time off like we're not in a rush who cares you know and um so my best friend from high school and I both decided like we're taking time off and it's gonna be fine and um so I took time off I applied this is when I started working at the health food store that I've talked about um and I remember feeling kind of I don't know um behind Mm. because all of my I had friends who were applying to law school Mm -hmm. and some who were going into other jobs and some who were going get their master's Mm -hmm. and and I remember thinking like, oh, maybe this was a mistake. And then I remember my friend Abby, um, occupational therapist, mm-hmm. she was working kind of like at this burger place called Twins and I was working at the health food store. And I was like, well, me and Abby are in this together. We're both working jobs that are kind of like, I don't want to say beneath us because I never think anybody's like, I never think a job is really beneath anyone. Um, I think a job is great no matter what that job is. And if you're working, if you're doing well at your job, then you're a good employee and that's all that matters. Um, but I remember thinking like, oh, Abby's working at the burger place. Like I'm working at the health food store. Like at least I have like someone who's in this boat with me. Right. And then she got a job, um, at a, um, therapist office working with children with disabilities, mostly autism, but sort of all over the spectrum of disabilities just generally. Cause, um, she originally wanted to be an occupational therapist working with children with disabilities specifically. And I remember thinking like, great, she's going to have a great job. (laughs) This sounds (laughs) terrible. Like, great. Now she's going to have something great to put on her CV while she's taking off, while she's doing, you know, her applications. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have nothing to put on my CV. And I'm over here working at the health food store. And again, I cannot stress enough. I loved working at the health food store. Like, please don't think that that means that I didn't enjoy it. I just was so worried that it was going to hinder me from getting into graduate school if I didn't have a job that could serve as some sort of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she ended up quitting that job because one of the children she was working with, his parents were like, hey, do you just want to come be a full-time babysitter? And they were going to pay her way more than what she was making Whoa. at this job. So she was like, heck yeah. yeah. So she was like, I got to go, got a better opportunity. That's awesome. And so like, but even then, like she was working with a child with autism. So she was still getting like right. more hands-on experience for what she wanted to do, even if it wasn't like, um, through some fancy job title. Right. Right. Um, so I remember being kind of like, I don't know, jealous in a way, like obviously our experiences are different and what we were going to school for was different, but I remember thinking like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have no experience. And so, um, but it, it all worked out obviously. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was able to like actually take my time, put my applications together. I was talking with my professors and getting all my materials lined up. And it really helped me put together much better applications that I was able to focus on much better. Um, because I wasn't also trying to like 
write papers for school and do XYZ and all the other things that are coming about. So, um, I think it, it, it ended up working out for the best. And you know what? Not having that experience didn't hinder me in any way from getting into a program. Like it really, I know Natalie and I have talked about this before. Um, I think in episode two, when we were talking about, um, am I ready for graduate school? We took that quiz. Um, I didn't really need experience for my MA. And, and I don't think she, Abby would have either, <laughs> to be honest, but I think it, pro- it probably helped. But I don't think that that was, that was a, deter- a determining factor in the end. Um, as much as all her other application materials, but I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, like I'm, this is going to hinder me and it didn't. And it worked out so well. I was able to save up my money. I started off this job working minimum wage. Again, I lived at home. Um, so I wasn't paying bills. Um, so I was able to save up all that money and I, and steadily my pay increased as time went on and I worked there a little under a year. Um, but I, I loved it. I really did. Um, not to say there weren't hard days and stuff, but um, so it worked out. I was able to really save. I could go to my master's program. I was ready to move. I had a bunch of money put in my savings account that I knew I was able to live off of should I not be able to get a job during my MA program or um, if for some reason like expenses were high and like the, co- like the money coming in wasn't enough, I knew I could rely on that savings. I relied a little too much on that savings account, but (laughs) that's a separate story. So I really was glad that I took that time off. I was able to have like a break, like a brain break. Like I wasn't having to be in school mode all the time. I could, I mean, I, I was in school mode when it came to the application process, but I was able to kind of like focus just on that. Like Mm -hmm. school was school, work was work. And I wasn't going to 1500 different jobs like I was before I was either at home or I was at work, you know, and if I was at home putting application stuff together, then that's what I was doing. I was able to kind of not think about work stuff when I was thinking about application stuff Um, for the most part, you know, Mm -hmm. of course, work follows you home sometimes, no matter how, um, you know, menial the position may seem. um, I thought about work a lot, but I could separate those two things and say, okay, but this is for the future and this is for right now. And what's for right now doesn't have to always be. Um, and if grad school didn't work out, I was perfectly content to stay at my health food store job. Um, and then moving on, I applied to PhD programs twice. So I applied in the fall of my second year of my master's. That's kind of confusing, but if you wanted, if I wanted to get in straight after I graduated, I would have had to apply in the fall of the second year of my MA. Um, And I applied to, I don't remember how many schools. Um, And I remember I got into University of Houston, which is Natalie's alma mater. My alma mater. Yeah. Go Cougs. And um, I got, that was the only PhD program I got in. The other school I got into was I had applied, I had gotten in my brain somehow. Um, I think my ex actually was the one who really encouraged this. And I was like, no. And then he was like, you should, you never know. So whatever, I listened to him and he told me I should apply to Columbia. And I was like, there is no way mm-hmm. I'm not getting into Columbia. Like that's a joke. Um, but I did anyway. And they mm-hmm. actually do have a scholar there big into disabilities and literature. And I was like, well, I know who I could work with. Right. <laughs> like, but I was like, there's no way I'm getting into Columbia. Well, I don't remember the application process because that was all a blur. I'm in coursework. I'm working on my thesis. 
and I'm applying to graduate school, like this is a lot. So I don't really remember. I feel like the whole application process itself was a blur, but I remember apparently, well, I don't remember. I don't remember. Don't quote, don't, ignore me. I don't remember. I, I apparently on the application, they asked if I would have wanted to be considered for a master's. Should I get rejected from the PhD program? Interesting. And I don't remember like clicking yes or any, like, I have no recollection of this. I just remember like the basic application nonsense that you have to do. Well, lo and behold, I get rejected from their PhD program. Not a surprise. But then like all this time later, and by the time the applications are coming in, we're like peak 2020 COVID. So application, um, they were really, they were, um, delayed in getting a lot of like the responses out of whether or not we had gotten accepted or not because people we weren't at school right right yeah so I remember like think so I remember getting some of my responses from back from the schools they were kind of like sporadic all over the place like University of Houston was like one of the last schools that I heard back from and I remember by the time I heard back from them I remember thinking like I had already made the decision that I was going to take a year off so but anyway all that to say Many months later, I hear back from Columbia that I had gotten accepted into a master's program with them to study literature and history for one year in Paris, which sounds incredible. Right. I mean, and I'm sure it is. I'm sure it was incredible. I'm sure it was. But the thing was, I was like, well, I don't know what's going on with COVID. So Mm -hmm. one, is this even going to happen next? Like by the fall, are we even going to be able to do this? Two, what's it going to cost? Right. And these Ivy League schools like Columbia in particular um, do not, and I, I'm speaking for Columbia, but I'm pretty sure most of the Ivy League schools do this. Um, they don't fund their master's students. Hmm. And I think part of it I've read, don't quote me. And I don't know if I believe this truly, but apparently they're pretty notorious for like accepting a bunch of people to their MA programs, knowing that a bunch of people aren't going to accept because there's no funding. And I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that means anything I don't know I don't know but regardless the tuition alone would have been like $60,000 for the year and that didn't include housing because we're not staying in the U.S. New York is already expensive enough but um this would have been to stay in Paris I have no idea what's going on with the housing situation um flight travel all of that stuff like what is all this going to cost me in the end I've gone through my bachelor's and my master's completely debt-free So is this something I want to do? And I thought, wow, this sounds like a really incredible opportunity. And then I remember like calling the school's financial aid department and being like trying to talk about like trying to figure out if I could get any, if there was any kind of funding that the school would provide. And the woman on the phone, I remember her telling me that like, if you attend the MA program, your chances of getting into the PhD program are are, are a little higher. So I thought, well, this would be a really good opportunity and maybe I could end up at Columbia and then, but I had to weigh my options, right? I was in a long-term relationship at the time that I thought was maybe going to result in getting married, perhaps a family. Like, I, you know, I, I'm having to consider all these things. Like, is it worth going away for this year somewhere really far? Um, I had talked to my professors about um, if it's smart to like go to a, a get a get a master's from a really nice school but to put myself in debt for it just to improve my chances of getting into a better PhD program. And they all said, no, don't put yourself in debt for a master's program. You are already going to have a master's. There is no reason to do that. So I remember talking with my ex about it because, you know, I, 
I'm, when you're in a, we weren't married, but when you're in a long-term relationship with somebody, like you still consult them, especially if you are making plans for the future. Of course, again, that didn't work out, but I had, I couldn't just like make this decision without having him weigh in on it because I wouldn't have left if he didn't want me to. And as much as that probably doesn't sound very feminist of me, um, it's true. You can't just like up and ditch people who you love because you want to make a decision to go somewhere to school. If that's not, if that does, if that can't include the other person, right? Like that's not fair to him. And he was all gung ho for it. He was like, if you can figure out a way to pay for it, like, I think you should do it. He was very supportive. Um, but he also was getting a PhD. So he kind of like, he understood. Um, so that all kind of weighed into my decision making. And then I ultimately decided I would take a year off. I would reapply to Columbia and because I knew my application was weak, especially after I had gotten rejected from A&M where I was actually getting my MA from. I was like, wow, if the school I'm already at doesn't want me, you know, um, which is actually pretty common to be honest. But still, like I had talked to the um, DGS at A&M and she kind of had told me like where my application fell flat. So I, um, I, I knew that my application itself was weak, not my writing sample. I mean, not my, um, statement of purpose per se, not my grades, but I knew my writing sample was weak. Um, so I thought, you know what, I'll just take a year off. I'll stay in college station and I will work and I will, um, put together a stronger application with a better writing sample because at this point my thesis was done so I knew I could use that as like a portion of that as my writing sample because that was a much stronger piece of writing and um I was like you know what I'll reapply to Columbia I'm gonna get into Columbia <laughs> well all that and then a bunch of the schools I had applied to were not accepting new PhD applications because of COVID. They had, I guess, agreed to fund a bunch of students from the previous year who maybe didn't attend, who were waiting, who had to defer or something that they weren't accepting new PhD students. So I ended up not even being able to apply to Columbia a second time. Um, but it's okay because I got into TCU, which I had applied to the year before previously and got rejected. So everything works out the way it's supposed to. And that is very long-winded, but that is why I took a gap year after my bachelor's and after my master's because I was like nope I'm better than this and like I said by the time um Houston had gotten back to me I had already like essentially made the decision like I'm just gonna take a year off like it was already just in my brain and I had decided and I was fine to turn down Houston I was happy to turn down Columbia I was like you know what I'm gonna turn it all down I'll reapply I'll have a stronger application put together and um my chances of getting in will be better. And then, like I said, a bunch of the schools weren't accepting new PhD applications. I ended up only getting into TCU. Um, but hey, all it takes is one. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it sounds like after your um, bachelor's, you took a break because you were overwhelmed with applications and mm -hmm. all those types of things. And you wanted to be able to sort of focus on that. And then with mm -hmm. that came like, oh, now I get to work and make money and save. Right. So it sounds like that's really the reason why you did that. Yes. Whereas after your master's, it kind of sounds like the timing of it was a little bit of the issue. Yeah, the timing of it was an issue. I really, again, um, 
And it also started, it also sort of involved being overwhelmed because, you know, grad school's hard. Yeah. Like we've already talked about. So trying to put together a really good application in itself was hard, but I was like, I I was willing to do it. But then when I, when, after I got the feedback, as harsh as it was about my application materials from A&M about my writing sample, um, I realized like, you know, this is what's hindering me, but I have a better writing sample coming that I know I can use that's going to do better that's going to be a lot better so then it became less about the time like the time situation of like being overwhelmed per se um it was just about getting better materials just all together gotcha gotcha but then but then COVID was a whole other factor that kind of put a dent in my plan um but uh, by that point I had already decided I was just right. going to take time off. So again, I just worked, but I worked a lot of jobs. I was working at another whole food store, um, that closed down. I was working at a mother's day out program two days a week at a church, um, which I, Oh my gosh, I love that. I was with the one-year-olds. Amazing. So much fun. I was babysitting a lot. Um, and I was working for a tree service. Co- I still am working for the tree service company, but now I just work remotely. So I was balancing like a lot. So wasn't able to save as much money as I was the first time because this time I'm living on my own, um, in this case with my partner at the time. So there were bills to be paid and things like that. So it wasn't, I wasn't able to put all that money aside, but I was still able to save like a good chunk, all things considered. Um, and then, you know, I didn't, I didn't have to be too far from home again. Like I was planning to go far if I was going to be able to go to Columbia or like do the Paris thing or whatever. Um, that wasn't really so much of the issue. Um, but you know, it is kind of nice knowing that like, I'm not terribly far from home. Um, and then I wasn't going to be as far away from my ex Mm -hmm. at the time. So, um, like all of these things really mattered to me in the grand scheme of things. Um, so yeah. 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 That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. And, uh, and just before I like get to Natalie and, and let her talk, um, I am happy with both of the gap years I took. I think it helped me kind of um, kind of take a brain break from school, but also kind of helped me put what I wanted to do back into perspective because I knew like grad school was the goal and I wasn't going to let myself not reapply and not go back. Um, I, I know some people are like, oh, well, if you don't go straight out, like you'll never go. And, um, right, and right. I realized that that, might be true for a lot of people because if you do get a really good job and, and you're making a lot of money it's hard to like sit there and say oh I guess I'll take a huge pay cut and go to grad school yeah <laughs> you know yeah. so I get it but I wasn't in a position where I was having like some dream job making a ton of money mm-hmm. so I was like yeah I, c- I still that's still the goal for me so I was still able to like keep that goal in perspective and knew that like my working at oh and I worked at a coffee shop too I forgot to mention that <laughs> I have had so many jobs Um, but I was balancing all of those things kind of together. Um, and you know, I don't want to work at a coffee shop for the rest of my life. I want to be a professor. Right. So that was the goal. And that's what I kept my eye on the prize as they say. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't take a gap year. Um, but I can give a little bit of insight into like my thought process and everything like that. So after I did my, um, bachelor's, I knew like by that like by the time I had transferred into the University of Houston I knew that I wanted to go to graduate school but it never really ran across my mind to take a gap year like 
to me, it was just natural to go in after. So I did. Um, so that's pretty just like, I don't have nothing there to give you. But when I was working on my master's and then thinking about applying to PhD programs, that's kind of where I almost took a gap year, but not because of anything other than I didn't know if I actually wanted to do a PhD. Mm -hmm. So it is interesting because I graduated from my master's in two and a half years. So I graduated in December of 2019 and I didn't start at TCU for the PhD program until fall 2020. So I technically took a break, but not because of choice. That's just the way that things ended up working out. But I do remember thinking I should... I, I, I don't want to say the word I should, but I was thinking like maybe I could take a break because I don't know if I want to pursue a PhD, which in a second, when I bring up the reasons like why you should consider taking a gap year or things to kind of like know, um, that's one of the things they talk about. And so I ultimately decided not to take a gap year. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. yeah. So whenever you were deciding if whether or not you wanted to take a gap year, was that also when you were realizing that you didn't want to stick with literature? Well, I knew I didn't want to stick with literature my second semester of the master's program. Okay. So this was just something you were toggling around. It wasn't like, I just don't want to do literature. And then it came that you were like, I want to do rhetoric. Correct. It was like you had already decided rhetoric. Oh, yeah. And you were like still saying like, oh, I might take a gap year. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I, when I, I... That second semester of the master's program, when I started teaching, that's when I knew I don't like being in literature. And then I was taking other classes that semester that I absolutely hated. Yeah. And I was like, there's no way. There's no way I'm going to continue pursuing this. One, I'm not good at it. Two, I hate it. And three, I love teaching. And I can Mm -hmm. study this. Why not? And so, yeah, I had already made up my mind. Okay. Um, But I think the idea was like, I remember that my thoughts when I was thinking about whether or not I wanted to pursue a PhD, the thought process was two things. One, five years is a long time. Mm -hmm. And I say that's with it. That is so funny to say because I'm already in year three and I have two years left. So time flies. Yeah, it goes by really fast. But still, when you're thinking about five years, you're like, wow, that's actually a pretty large chunk of time. Yeah. And like I knew I want I knew where I wanted to apply. I mean, I wanted to go to TCU for many reasons. Um. And I wanted to go back to in, be in Texas. So, cause I was at Oklahoma state at the time doing my mm-hmm. master's. And so I, um, knew, and I was about to be married, you know, and had you and Sean been engaged at yeah, this point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know yeah. if the, um, when the, what, like if the, I didn't know Natalie before she, you know, I've only known Natalie since she's been married. So, yes. um, I didn't know what the wedding planning situation was like with amongst like all of this stuff going on. Yeah. 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 So I graduated, uh, with my master's in 2019, I had been engaged for a year. Okay. And we knew okay. that we were going to get married in June, 2020. So, okay. Yes, this mm-hmm. is already on my radar. I definitely had someone there that I had to like consider and all those right. types of things. And so there was a lot kind of going on there, but honestly, I just went for it. I'm like, why mm. not just go for it? I didn't think about taking a gap year. I mean, granted, I, w- it, I because of my situation, there was a little bit of that gap they're sort of just naturally yeah because I had graduated in December December instead of like yeah so you had like a May yeah so you had like the spring semester plus the summer to kind of gather my thoughts yeah 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 so that kind of ended up working out but I really I like quite honestly I never really um 
considered a gap year. Like that wasn't something that I really thought about. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. No. And looking back, I'm glad I didn't take a gap year either times or at all. Like I'm really glad I didn't. Um, and obviously there are pros and cons to that, like taking breaks, saving money, Mm -hmm. you know, things, everything that Dallas has sort of talked about already. Um, but I'm glad I didn't do it. And yeah. yeah, things are great for me. So, but some people do take gap years, obviously. And I think that yeah. it's fantastic that you made that decision because it sounds like you thought about it. Mm-hmm. And um, there are many good reasons why you should yeah. why you should do it. And I'm the kind of person, like, I will consult everybody who I value their opinions, like my parents, my grandmother. Um, at the time, my boyfriend, um, if I was having to be, if I was put in this position now, I would be asking Natalie her opinion. So I, I took a bunch of opinions into account of people who I respected what their opinion of the situation was. So, um, and everybody was like, it's really up to you. Yeah. And I mean, I think I made the best decision for me at the time and I don't regret taking gap years either so I think it's just up to the individual but I'm excited to see what this article is gonna say or what both of these articles will say so I'll let Natalie uh, I'll need a sip of water I might um (laughs) I'll I'll let Natalie um get going with the articles and I'll be quiet for a little while (laughs) all right so this one's from UC Davis it's titled should I take a gap year before graduate school um So this is specifically talking about undergraduate students who aspire to continue their higher education, but it really sort of is fit under like the idea that whether it more comes with the uncertainty of what you're going to pursue and whether or not graduate school is the right path for you. So this is really speaking to those who kind of are not entirely sure. So um, according to UC Davis, it says here that undergrads may not realize that taking a gap year or multiple years in between your degrees is actually very common and beneficial. And so, you know, just kind of putting it out there and saying that this does happen and it is something that is okay to do. They really sort of highlight, again, like I said earlier, figuring out your career goals, which I think is interesting because, and that's why I asked you the question, Dallas, you already knew what you wanted to do. And so it wasn't right. for the purposes of figuring that out. Yes. Cause if, um, if we look back to episode one of the podcast, I knew my second semester of undergrad of yeah. my freshman year that I wanted to go to grad school. So it was never like a question of, is this what I want to do? It was just a matter of what's going to help me put together the best application that I can And with that being said, um, it says here it's also a smart option for students who want to showcase their accomplishments, excuse me, of their last year of undergrad in their application, which you said about your thesis. I know this is specifically talking about bachelors, but for your master's, you Mm -hmm. thought about how your thesis could be the thing that you showcase as your writing sample. So Mm -hmm. that's exactly what that's talking about here. Also, something that Dallas mentioned, the final quarter of your uh, final year may be overwhelming. Applying to graduate school during that time can be an additional stressor that leads to burnout. So that's exactly what happened right after undergrad for you. And I, and I think that it's cool that it mentions that because it is. Um, I don't remember my application process being, I don't want to say that it wasn't stressful, but it wasn't enough for me to like, look back on it now and be like that was horrible it was stressful and definitely an additional thing but I also just kind of like dealt with it at the same time so you know it wasn't a big thing but it is stressful it is stressful Natalie is much more um 
I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Natalie, you're more like unbothered by things like that. Like I get very like <gasps> about like <laughs> deadlines and things being well, due and having to put together like the, be- like put my best foot forward when it comes to like, you only have this amount of time to like put together something nice. Mm-hmm. You're always, se- you always seem very, um, like everything's easy breezy. I know that that's probably not true, <laughs> but that's the air you give off whenever uh, we talk about things like this. Like you always seem like you're like, it's fine. And I'm like over here, like I am sweating, like this is yeah, killing me. Well, so. well, I mean, <laughs> I think, I mean, I think with things like this, like it's just part of the process. So yeah. I just kind of, I'm just like, okay, what's the next step forward? That's kind of mm-hmm. the way. But I do remember being stressed and making sure like, Hey, how, who, who am I going to ask for a letter of recommendation? Cause that's important. So, yeah. um, but yes, so taking, um, a gap year, uh, to apply for graduate school and then something else that this article says is, but a gap year should be spent wisely. You can use that time to volunteer, gain relevant professional or research experience, study for any graduate school, uh, exams. I know this is a, probably a good opportunity for people to study for a GRE during that gap year. Work to save up for the cost of graduate school, which Dallas talked about. Travel to network and build international experience. Oh, so yes. So in that gap year, I um, one of my professors who was writing me a letter of rec, um, suggest my university was putting on a conference, and she suggested that I either submit to the conference or volunteer to help mm-hmm. um, with the organization of the conference. And let me just tell you how much of a disaster that was. <laughs> I did it, but I was zero help um, in the grand scheme of things. Like the more I come to think about it, I, I didn't have anything really ready to submit. Um, like I couldn't think of anything to submit for the conference. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll just help. And I volunteered to be on the transportation committee. And it was like a mess from start to finish because one, I wasn't in school. So I would have to, I had to like go to the university, which was like a whole process in itself because the university I went to for undergrad had like parking as a disaster, worse than TCU, even if you can imagine it. Um, and I complain incessantly about TCU parking. So, um, I'd have to like go to the university for these meetings, which was like, took a big chunk out of my day and I could only do so many because I was working full-time and um like that was okay but they were like what I was told we needed to do like I wasn't getting the right answers for like how to set up the transportation and I had emailed two um women in charge of the conference and like they wouldn't email me back wouldn't email me back wouldn't email me back and I remember like I think one of the girls got really frustrated with me because on the day of the conference my co-chair of the like transportation committee ended up kind of being the one I had looked into so many things but then he ended up being the one to really like get the ball rolling on everything and actually set up the transportation committee and I felt really bad like I felt like I had done no work and he was so nice about it he was like don't worry about it like you did your best like you reached out to people it wasn't your fault that like people weren't getting back to you and part of the people part of the quote-unquote people not getting back to me were the two women in charge of the whole conference Mm -hmm. itself and I remember like going up to the like main girl who was like setting this up and apologizing that I was like useless and she literally was like I don't want to hear your apology you need to apologize to uh-oh. so-and-so who I was working with even though I had already talked to him right. and he was like so nice about it but she was so ugly to me at the conference Yikes. and I was like wow this was a mistake so I have it on my CV that I was co-chair of the transportation committee at this conference that my university was setting up but also like I could have just like 
not done the whole thing. Yeah. So, um, I don't know what that's, what, what, what kind of advice I'm giving you in this. Just like if something's going to be overwhelming for you and you're like, if you want, if you are taking a gap year and you want to like help out with something like a conference, like I did just like, be sure that like you are getting in contact with all the people you need to be getting in contact with. I mean, I did my best. It was really hard. Um, and I guess I just wasn't understanding what needed to be done, but they wouldn't really explain it. And then, and then the girl kind of got snappy with me. Um, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so like maybe if I could go back, maybe that's one thing I wouldn't have done. Cause honestly, who cares if I helped out with a conference? Like it just goes under the service portion of my CV and like no one cares about that. Well, it's still on there. So it, no, it's nobody a great needs thing to know the details. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, nobody know, needs to know that I went horribly. They just need to see it on my CV, exactly. but I don't think it really does much for my CV in the grand scheme of things, but hey, if you decide to help out with a conference or do any kind of volunteer work, don't be like me and just let people not get back to you about stuff. I love that. Moral of the story. I love Learned that. my lesson with that one. So. I love that. Um, I'm going <laughs> to hop over to the next um, article that kind of talks about um, mm -hmm. whether or not you should take a gap year. This one is from Northeastern University, and it's titled Gap Year Before Graduate School, Things to Know. Um, this one's actually fairly recent. It's about a year old. Hmm. Um, when your undergrad days are coming to an end and the idea of starting another big academic commitment right away can feel intimidating. That's how I felt, um, mm -hmm. even though I decided to continue. Um, mm -hmm. But it is a big commitment. I mean, like, especially if you just spent, like, I did my undergrad in five years. I started at a community college and then I transferred. Um, so it took, me, it took me five years to, okay, to do my undergrad. I was wondering, I was like, because you're older than me, but you, fin you, you went straight through, so I wasn't yeah. sure what the yeah, yeah, yeah. situation was with that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I started at community college, messed up a little bit, kind of slowed myself down, and then whipped myself back into shape, and then I graduated. So it ended up All being good. about five years. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this is like even just starting this piece, this article right here. I mean, it's talking about how like you just finished five years of school and you're reflecting. You're like, do I want to do two, three more years? Like mm -hmm. that is a very valid question to ask yourself. I asked myself that after my master's. So I really love that it um, that talks about um, that talks about this. Um, it asks a couple questions. Does it make sense to forge ahead and go straight from undergraduate from an undergraduate degree to grad school while taking a year off before grad school improve your academic success in the future? Obviously, momentum is a huge thing. People talk. People always say you should go right after because then you're never going to go back. I don't know if I actually believe that. Um, I understand why they say that and that mm -hmm. a lot of things can sort of come into play. Yeah. And a lot can happen within that gap mm -hmm. year, you know, like you might end up, um, finding the love of your life and getting married and having a baby. And then you're like, I have a family now I can't go back yeah, for whatever yeah. reason. So like a lot can happen oh, yeah. and I get it, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, that makes sense. I, I, I don't think that people should let that be a reason why you go especially if you don't yeah. feel like you're ready yeah no agreed um so yeah gap year pros and cons let's see so pros gaining work experience this one's specifically talking about gaining work experience in the field that you're going to go into mm -hmm. obviously we talked a little bit about that with your friend who's an occupational therapist mm -hmm. or about to be is she or is she, about she to is she is yeah and yeah. actually she does work with children with disabilities well, there so you go it that all worked very well worked out yeah yeah <laughs> you can also explore career options this one's great because if you don't know exactly what you want to do um 
you can take that gap year to figure it out yeah. and whether or not you actually need a graduate degree in the first place. So I love that it brings that up. Saving money, AKA what Dallas did. Um, love that. It talks about that, obviously, especially if you're in debt, there's a lot of pressure to pay that off instead of continuing yeah. and adding more if your program isn't fully funding it. So that right. makes a lot of sense. Um, all in all, saving money, um, financial obligations, especially mm-hmm. if you're married, if you have kids, like all yes. those types of things. Um, mm-hmm. Time to recharge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that one is self-explanatory. Uh, school takes up all of your life. Yeah. And so in graduate school takes even more of your mm-hmm. life. So and why can not? I, can I also chime in here? I It wasn't until my gap year that I realized that I have I had been dealing with like really bad anxiety yeah. and that's when I got put on medication for it and I'm so glad that I did because I honestly don't know how I would have gotten through a master's program or a PhD program or really any more schooling um, without it so and I don't know had I gone straight through would I have even had the time to say hey I think I have a problem with anxiety you know I don't know so right exactly yeah yeah, yeah. as far as some of the cons of taking a gap year according to this to this mm-hmm. piece it says uh number one is lost motivation and momentum it makes yeah, sense yeah and it, it does. does make sense it does um it does make sense um the other one is a longer journey yeah i mean it's gonna take if you do decide eventually it mm-hmm. is gonna take you longer to finish school right. um but you know it's possibly, that's something you have to consider yeah, you know yeah um and that's the only two cons. Wow. I think it's so funny. That's, that's interesting. I was expecting more cons to come out of this. No, no. Yeah. yeah. It ta- it talks about like it just ultimately being a personal decision, which is yeah. what you ended on and, earlier. And it really depends. You have to know the kind of person you are. Like I've always very much been a person who sticks with something. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Um, that's why I ended up doing ballet for as many years as I did and, you know, sticking with, I didn't have the heart to quit the coffee shop job, even though they paid me like nothing. And when I got a better paying job, I still worked at the coffee shop because I couldn't just like bring myself to quit. I tried and my boss was like, but everybody wants you to stay. And I was like, okay, I'm going to stay, but I'm only going to work these days, Mm -hmm. these hours. And I need a, I need a raise in pay. And he was like, I'll do it. And so I was still able to like have that fun time working at the coffee shop because it was fun. I had a lot of friends, but I wasn't so committed to it, but I still was able to even like keep that in my, you know, in my daily life. Uh, and, and like I had made the decision, like I'm going to grad school. So regardless of if I took time off or not, wasn't going to stop me from going. And I knew that because I know that about myself. So if you know, you're the kind of person who might end up losing that momentum for it or, um, you know, whatever the situation might be, then maybe you don't take the gap year. But I think you really had, that's whenever you really like knowing yourself and knowing what kind of person you are, um, and knowing how you kind of operate is what's ultimately going to help you make that decision. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's up to you. I mean, know yourself, where's your mental health, where's your finances? Mm -hmm. Is there anybody that you, have in your life that you're taking care of that you're married to that you Mm -hmm. are falling in love with that you have to you know those types of things and then um just making sure that you actually um want to pursue the thing that you're pursuing because graduate school is a big commitment if you end up not wanting to do it and again if you 
end up in a situation where you're like, no, I really want to do this. And you get there and you don't like it. You are not beholden to stay. Nope. You're not. Nope. So don't feel like you have to finish something you don't like. Graduate school is totally optional. Like, yep. I mean, so is a bachelor's, but. Yeah. But you know, at that point you got a bachelor's. So it's like, at whatever. that point you got the, you've got the bachelor's. Yeah. Like you are not required to continue. And right. you know what? No one will be disappointed mm-hmm. if you don't continue. Because at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for you. And I know we've talked about this. Um, I just want to reiterate it because I think it's really important for people to know, like, if you hate it, don't continue. Yeah. And I think just that just tying it back to, like, what we've said earlier and just sort of the the results of this, you know, article and whatnot, like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, I think there's a even though there are a couple of cons, even there, even though there were just like two cons against like why you shouldn't take a gap year, I still feel like taking a gap year is looked down on. I think so too. And I think partly because, um, I, I think partly the gap year is sort of looked down upon is because, um, it's, you feel like your, your peers are moving ahead of you. Mm. And I think people think, oh, you're taking a gap year. Like, you know, they're kind of suspicious, like people get kind of suspicious of you saying like, I'm taking a year off. Uh, and I think sometimes people just assume like, oh, they say that, but they're never going to go back. Right. Right. And it's like that stigma of like, do people think that I'm really not serious about pursuing this or, you know, and this, this goes for even like high school to bachelors when, when kids take time off. Like, I think a lot of people just kind of assume like, oh, you want to take a gap year? Cause you just like didn't have the the grades or something to like do it like and that's not necessarily true and um and I think also we put this value on like getting things done within a certain time exactly and that's the biggest thing too so it's like oh well you're gonna be you know this age before you finish with your PhD like you're gonna be a lot older than most and um you're gonna be you know all of your friends are gonna have been like you know they're gonna have started a family and be married and you're gonna be in school and I'm like Yes. Yes. But, but also like there's not a time limit on these things. I there's know. There's really not. Yeah. And it's really hard. Like I felt it after I decided I was going to take time off after my bachelor's. Like I said, a bunch of my friends were going to law school, going to get their master's or doing something else, like getting their teaching certification and going teach like high school and stuff. So I felt really, um, I felt that pressure of like, oh, everybody's moving on and you're still, t- you're still going to go back to school. And you're not going to be done for a while. Right. And then, but after I had taken the gap year that first time, taking the gap year the second time, Mm. I was like, I don't care. Like I've already done this and I love, and it was a great decision. So I'm, I don't care what anybody thinks about when I'm finishing my PhD. Um, people get PhDs all the time at any age. And there's really, we, we put that, that time limit on ourselves because society has taught us that finishing something within four years and or within two or whatever the program is is like the thing to do but if you don't finish your PhD in five years if you have to take a semester off because you're sick or something you know or like something comes up with your kids and you are like I have to take time off and maybe you take a year off maybe you take two years off maybe you just take a semester off like that doesn't mean that what you want to do is less valid and that doesn't mean that you're incapable of doing the thing you want to do and that's true for anything 
I feel like that's a great way to end this episode. I do too. No, but seriously. Seriously. I feel like this was a good, it was interesting. I'm actually surprised that there weren't more cons, to be honest. Yeah, me too. Me too. I was expecting Um, a longer list of cons than pros. Me too. Um, No, this is, uh, I really appreciate you talking about your experiences because I didn't have that experience. And you had that experience twice. Yeah. And they were for different reasons too. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for, for, for sharing your experiences and sort of, um, just being honest about it because I think that yeah. it is hard and you showcase that you second guess yourself a little bit in that process. But at the end mm-hmm. of it all, like reflecting back, you've, you've shown that it was a good decision and I'm happy you did it. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. And if <laughs> you took, good. Yeah. And if you took a gap year and you want to let us know what your thoughts about it are, whether you think it's good or whether you think it's better to go straight through, like, let us know. Yeah. And any tips that you might have if you did take a gap year, any tips that you might give someone um, yeah. who's thinking about taking yeah. a gap year in between, you know, degrees yeah. and whatnot, uh, please reach out to us. Yeah. Or if you have lo- a longer con list, let us know because I'm interested. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Cause uh, we expected more and we're happy that there's not, um, there's, there wasn't a lot on these two articles, yeah. which we'll share the names of those articles in, in the, the show notes. Yeah. We can uh-huh. put the links in the show notes. And, um, if you want to send us an email, it's the PhD to be podcast at gmail.com, or you can follow us over at Instagram at the PhD podcast, uh, the PhD to be podcast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's it. Yeah. You <laughs> I got it. it that first time. No, you're good. Um, you're good anyway yeah all righty well then that wraps up today's episode thank you all so much for listening to us talk about whether or not you should take a gap year bye bye everyone bye.